um and uh in the end I, yeah in the end i just ended up getting a flat in a little way up from where my little girl lived uh stayed there for two and a half three years um procrastinating really um not drinking but not doing life not even like even as a salesman like again hindsight's a wonderful thing looking back now it's sort of like i was a moody grumpy dry drunk that had abuse in him mm. but didn't know what was going on like the nhs the mental health service in this country is ridiculous like and i was just left and uh i lost everything i ended up coming to ipswich and um again like i don't i don't believe i know there's a god because i came up to ipswich and i was on the bus i came up to ipswich because of my mum and i was on the bus and uh i was coming into town and there was this place called um i don't know if i'm allowed to say their name but they're called survivors in transition yeah and uh basically they deal with people that were abused in childhood okay uh, this organization's still about isn't it yeah they're still about i I do charity i volunteer for them um and i um i did 60 mile charity ride for them hopefully i'm gonna do the 100 this year but that is what it is i'll do it on the treadmill if i do um so, so that's 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 great, isn't it? The fact that you've turned this now into a into an opportunity to help other people who have potentially gone through the same kind of issue. Um, just just taking a step back a minute, mate, if you don't mind. When you were going for the train, the guy that saved you, that guy that helped you, under a cover police guy. Um, do you still see him? Do you know who he was? No, um, obviously that's just one of those that like you can't. And you read was in a different place. Yeah, then, again, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's the ripple effect. Um, like that's another thing with the nine, and it's really nice that like I've uh, I've managed to do a train. I'm not fully there yet, but I've managed to do a training course with um, people that help um, mental health issues, um, and uh, it's the ripple effect of that train driver. And the thing that he's got to go through and so i've you know it's sort of like it's um yeah you're conscientiously thinking of other people i can see that you because i know you anyway i know that your your, your psyche has been turned around what what led you from from that point okay what what led you to now because because now you're not holding on to that pain as much if at all are you Would no you so what do you do what have you done to get you from that point to this Or is it just well, time? Anyone, anyone that knows me um, knows that um, in, in the fellowship, there's a well, in the big book, there's a thing called acceptance. And um, I think that's what I've done. I've finally accepted it and I've moved on from it. It's, it's, and, it and it's part of my life. It will never, it'll, and that's the other thing is, it, is I can kind of accept today. And that was one of the big things that Survivors in Transition told me that no other doctors no other psychotherapists like no one else it's a bit like a, a bit like the fellowship in the fact that it'll never go there's no magic wand mm. i can't take that pain away i can't take away what that man did to you but i can help you live with it today okay what part of forgiveness plays 
about in that scenario? Massive. Massive. Um, because for me, and, and, and again, in a weird way, that's, that, that's where the fellowship came in. Right. So the meetings, to, yeah, the meetings that you go to, yeah. Yeah, the meetings that I go to uh, came in as opposed to what survivors could do for me and actually why, why one, one um, benefits the other and vice versa. Okay. In the fact that actually when I was going through the, the program that the fellowship offers is when I look at my part in things and the things that I've done to other people, yeah, then then no, I'm, I mean I'm not for one minute saying that anywhere near near on that scale, but it puts it into perspective of actually I've been a nasty fucker. Like, I I I ain't overly nice all the time. Are you only like, human, who, aren't you? Yeah. Who 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 the hell am I to judge? Okay. And 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 actually I'm sick, mm. and and that's the way that I look at it. And like, now I think he's sick. He's not well. Mm, like, mm. I feel sorry for him. Mm. And that sounds like a great place to be. Um, I can really tell in your in your story there from what you've said so far. There's there are different entities. You're 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 getting help from different places, aren't you? Which is which is probably the way forward. Obviously, we're talking about your recovery from addiction from alcoholism, but also you, you you're not relying on you're not relying on that, are you, to sort out any other problems you've got? You're going to see and you're helping out. Uh, survivors in transition for, for that part of your life do you think that's quite important what what if what if they didn't exist what, would you have been able to get where you are today I, I really don't think that i would i don't i think I've, again it's hindsight but again mm. it's sort of like it's horses for courses it's sort mm. of like with something like child abuse or something like that it, it, it's a specialist thing it's so specialist and it 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 it, it people in, in the fellowship, someone in the fellowship I know talked about the onion and peeling back the onion. Well, it, there's so many different layers to trauma and the onion in trauma that um there's no way you're just gonna get that from the fellowship itself. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's what I can hear. That's what I can hear from you is the importance of getting help in that area from the specialists in that I area. Always, I always look at it, and, and it's quite ironic. It's sort of like, well, I've got, you know me, I've got a dodgy wrist. Well, if, if I went into hospital and, and the man who specialises in lungs came out and wanted to like, have a look at my wrist, then mm. I'd think, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, yeah. No, good, good analogy there, mate. Good analogy. All right, so Doug, okie dokie. What, what do you find? What do you find the most difficult element of recovery then? From let's let's go back to your to your addiction to your alcoholism. Yeah, what's the what's the what's the most difficult part of that for you, buddy? Is it maintaining what you have to do on a daily basis, or is there something else going on? What what do you find a struggle with? Because I know I find a struggle sometimes. Because I'm only human. I, I find a struggle with me, but that's that's the point. It, it, it all starts and ends with me. Yeah, good, good point. And and for me, like, there's this. I love the big book, and like, people probably call me a bit of a big book basher in some ways. And I know that I'm not perfect, so I don't adhere to it all the time. But it's yeah, no still my mantra, and there's still so many little phrases in there that 
that when I'm down, I think, yeah, I'm there. But still, for me, the best one is on awakening. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's part of the program, it's, isn't it? That's the difference for me. That's that. That's the difference between when I'm in and around the fellowship, and I'm not in and around the fellowship. Okay. Like that's the beauty of it. When when I'm in and around the fellowship, I don't wake up in the morning and my eyes don't open and go, shit, another day. What the fuck? What do I do? Where do I yeah. go? What's going on? Like, and the head's spinning. Yeah, and it's a good place to be to not have that going on in your head. And I, I completely relate to that. So, so yeah, so so you've gone from the way you described your life, but you know, at the train point, the point of you're just about to jump under a train to now, and you've been sober all that time. Yeah. So what? Apart from obviously, you've gone then and spoken about your your abuse, which is you know, obviously a serious matter in itself. Um, what, what do you think drew you to, to the point today where you don't wake up feeling like the way you've just described? So you, you don't wake up feeling, oh, fucking hell, it's another day. Is that a combination of, of the work you're doing with the 12-step program with respect to your addiction? Is it, is it, is it a combination of that and the, the work that you do with, with survivors in transition? Or what, what percentage would you put? It's, it's a bit of a tricky question. I'd, I'd say it's a combination of all of them. I owe my life to both, but I'm also fully aware that I would never have come out with the fact that I was abused had I not put down the drink in the first place. And ironically, and this is the beautiful tale of it, I'm only back in the rooms because I met someone at Survivors that is also in the fellowship, one of the fellowships. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So God works in mysterious ways, you know, I believe yeah. that. And I, I hear that a lot from, from other people. So sounds like a great example of that, buddy. Um, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling right uh, now? Right now I'm pondering. It's quite, it's quite, I'll be honest with you. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's quite a stressful thing to, to memorize and go, go through those things. Like I, I, yeah, again, man. it's like I said, Joe, it's sort of like, trying to explain again and this is why this is why the fellowship's great for my alcoholism but it's not great for the ptsd because mm. trying to tell someone that like just talking about it brings it up and then it'll bring that up and then like that's a completely different kettle of fish as to why i drink mm. Mm. you know yeah and, I, uh, yeah I, and i appreciate you you know doing this and you're talking you know you're talking very candidly and and that's the kind of talk although we've got different life experiences but it's that kind of honesty that helped me out when i was when I, and i still go to, to fellowship meetings and heavily involved in in service in the program myself but it's the honesty like that that encouraged me to speak up and think hang on this guy he's talking like so honest you know raw honesty you know and he's and he's not ashamed of it you know and that gave me the courage to do that oh, so because and, and that's uh, actually ironically that's probably why i do it if i'm honest that's probably why i'm so passionate about it is helping others yeah it's not i kept that in my head for 17 years so i i had all that bullshit all that guilt all that all that shame all that remorse all that i should have stopped it i should have done this i should have done that it's like actually no i shouldn't and this is important it's for me to say actually is you've got to remember like no, you shouldn't. 
I was a frightened 13-year-old little boy. Mm. I weren't 30 when I came out with it. I weren't the build or the size. I didn't have the mindset. I didn't have any of that when I was 13. No, no, no. And that's probably the hardest thing to process. Is to forgive Actually, yourself. going through it all <laughs> is, is feeling like a 30-year-old man trapped in a 13-year-old's body. Yeah, yeah. So that process of forgiving yourself in a way, isn't it? Like from yeah. something that you shouldn't even be really forgiving yourself for. You're dealing with that as if it happened 17 years ago. But the rest of the world, rest of the world, your family, your mum, your missus, is dealing with it from that moment. Mm. Mm. It's, yeah. yeah, very strange going for it. But, yeah. But, but, but it, it's important to do it. Mm. I, I still, like, I've lost a hell of a lot over it, but the freedoms that I'm, I've got from it, like, I, I can't, you can't explain that. I'm free mm. today. I know that it's not my guilt. I know that it's not my shame. And I, mm. and I know that I'm not alone. That's the saddest mm. thing out of it all, mm. which is like um, one in one in four girls and one in six boys will be abused before the age of consent in this country. It works out four kids in every class, in every school up and down the country. Yeah, that those those, fi- those figures those figures are disturbing, mate. They are. Mm. They are. So uh, I mean, and I'm not trying to frighten people when I say it, but what I'm trying to say is like. If it had, I know that I'm not the only one in and around the fellowships, and mm. that I know that I'm not the only one that someone's listening to this. Yeah, and on so, that subject, on that subject, what, what what would your message be to someone that's going through what you've similar to what you've described? Go to survivors in transition, uh, but certainly get help. So there, there are places out there, NPAC National. Uh, association of people abused in childhood um okay but, but deal with it deal with it because eventually it's one of those that if you don't deal with it it deals with you right it's like, mm. so it's, it's a little bit like in the fellowship there's a step four step five it's a little bit like if you stay in the rooms long enough you can't help but do a step four the step four or step five will do it for you if okay. you don't if you don't do it yourself. Okay, Something so life, but bang. So great, great advice there for you know for for anyone, anyone sort of like coming into into recoveries. Carry on with the program. Get yourself a sponsor. I've, I've heard that said plenty of times. With respect to the abuse, plenty of places out there. And your message there, Doug, is to is yeah, to in contact with someone. Yeah, and there's different forms of abuse as well. That's important to say. Sort of like like I say, it's horses for courses for me. Hmm. It's like if you feel that. That that someone more specialised is going to help, then go get go get that help. Like mm. don't don't stop, because mm. it it will just eat you up. It, it, like I say, I'm lucky in the fact that that man was there that day. Otherwise, I I, w- I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, too right, mate, too right. And you must have a lot of gratitude for that fella, whoever he whatever he's doing. Um... Oh, it's 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 one of those it's one of those moments that happens happen to other people doesn't it? it happens on the tv you hear about stuff like that on the tv it don't happen to yeah you. yeah but your story is real life mate and it does happen and and that's you know it's a great thing that people are there to help and and you in turn helping other people now mate it's absolutely massive yeah so good man for that good man um just just becoming a little bit lighter now how's life in um in lockdown buddy how are you getting on 
Uh, oh, well, uh, I don't know if you can see, but I, I'm sporting a sling. You got, got your sling, yeah, right. Uh, what happened yeah. then? You fell off your bike, didn't you? Yeah, I fell off my bike. I went, oh, well, that's what you get for, going, for smoking. I went out to get some tobacco and uh, coming back up the hill and a lorry pulled out of me, so I broke and I decided to rugby take my lamppost. Ooh. Um, right. so, so the yeah, moral so here is don't smoke. That's yeah. the moral of that story, isn't it? <laughs> so that happened, um, and I've re- and I've rebuilt a pond in lockdown, which is quite nice to do. Nice. Keep yourself busy, then, bud. Yeah, trying to keep myself busy. I'm missing, I'm missing hugs. That's that's the big one. If I'm honest, yeah. You can talk. You can talk about, um, you know, co- sitting at a costa or going to the gardens or wherever. No, I'm missing a hug. Yeah, man, absolutely. No, I'm with you there, mate. See my, see my kids for a while. It's been know, yeah, five, six weeks. So say, obviously I'm missing my little girl. Like, yeah, man. We've got to do what we've got to do. Mate. We're doing, we're doing what we've got to do, buddy. We're doing what we've got to do. Have you ever felt like you want to give up on recovery? Several times, several times. And I probably think of it two or three times a week. Not, not, on, not on picking up a drink, but on recovery, because there's two different things. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty much convinced that I know that a drink's no good for me today. I'm pretty much 99% there. I, I view it, for me, I view a drink like if, if someone was allergic to peanuts, they just wouldn't eat peanuts. Mm. but the mental side of recovery um i think to myself i want to give up but i think that's 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 again that's the mental side of it is it's a self-destructive illness isn't it that's the the illness that i've got tells me i ain't got it some days Um, and between that and the ptsd if i'm honest it's all right i battle with self-worth anyway so I think that is the biggest part of recovery is battling not to give up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you there, buddy. Okay, so what is your what would be an overall message for someone who's just come into recovery, new in recovery? What would you say to them? What is the best thing that they can do? Worry about them. Worry about you to begin with. Um, keep coming back. Don't just 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 keep coming back. Give it a good That's go, yeah. Message. Just keep coming back. Um, and, and, and the biggest thing, this is the biggest thing, it's only ever 24 hours. That's fine. It don't matter. It don't matter. Like, I'm, at the start of the lockdown, I won't say who, but at the start of the lockdown, I, uh, I dropped a big, a big book off to someone. Right. And uh, they were new in the fellowship. And uh, I said to them, and, and I was just coming up to my 13 years, and I said to them, like, you're, I think they were six days at the time. I said, they're six days. I'm, ne- I'm nearly 13 years. But we're both that. That. Both, both in the same boat. We're both that away. We're an arm's length one, away. One, one drink, drink away. Mm. Good message, mate. Good message. And I definitely find that sort of keeping my head in today it's something that I continually practice. And then some days can, I'm good at it. I can deal with today. As soon as I start projecting or worrying about yesterday, I'm in trouble. Mm, mm, that is key. Keeping your head in today. So, Doug, listen, 
I really appreciate your time, buddy. I hope your arm gets better soon. Thanks, I, uh, I know you. I know you're keen to get back out on your bike, but it will still be there when you know when your arm's fixed, bud. Um, and yeah, just a massive thank you for your time. Um, oh, hopefully, for me, mate. it's been a pleasure. Not, not, no, it's, well, all mine. I'm hoping this will help someone. I'm sure it will. Okay. Yeah, um, and God bless you, and have a nice day, sir.